welcome to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through His Word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning into the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate all of you, and now let us begin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you're here with me again for another episode. I appreciate you tuning into the show. I want to start off by saying I hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying nice and warm, depending on where you're at. Here right now, we're like 20 below zero. So it's pretty crazy. Anyway, I uh, want to start off by saying that uh, I appreciate your support, your prayers, and for supporting the page on Facebook and through the various media outlets that which this podcast is a part of. And uh, your support is very, very appreciated. With that being said, let's go ahead and start. The next parable on our list is the parable of the two foundations. And this one is very interesting because not only is it in Matthew, but it's also in Luke as well. So we're actually going to go with both of those pieces of scripture as our foundational texts today. So let's go ahead and start. We're in Matthew, the seventh chapter, starting the 24th verse and going down to the 29th verse. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. So uh, not just here, we're going to now go over to Luke, the sixth chapter, starting the 46th verse. And as I'm getting there, I'd like to point out uh, something. I don't like doing this too often, but if you guys could share any videos of Bible studies or or this podcast, could you please do that for me? It's not for me. It's not to gain me more notoriety or tons and tons of followers. But I really, my heart's desire is that the gospel would be spread to as many people as possible. It's not to make me look good. It's not to get me money. I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this for sheer devotion and love for the Word of God. And I want as many people as to hear this as possible. So I appreciate your support on that. So now let's go to, again, Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through 49. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and he could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built his house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burst against it and immediately it collapsed. And the ruin of that house was great. All right, let's go ahead and dive right in here. One of the biggest mistakes we can make is hearing scripture 
which are the very words of God, and doing nothing with it. And by the scripture, exactly what it says, it says not acting upon them. And another mistake that we make is attaching our emotions and our feelings to scripture and thus missing out on the true meaning of the scripture, which is only revealed by the Holy Spirit. By being reliant on our emotions, when we look at scripture, we use it as an emotional pacifier, seeking our own gratification rather than having the Holy Spirit show the true meaning, thus giving us true joy and peace. The reason why many people do this is due to a superficial and shallow knowledge of Scripture and also a lack of spiritual foundation. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 of our main text here says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rock here in the Greek is Petra, a large mass of rock, like a cliff or a cave. This is an immovable uh, mass in which you can rely on being secure on or in. They're secure. They're not going anywhere. So today we're going to look at some scriptures to show us some rock-solid foundations to build our Christian walk upon. We have 10 footings, if you will, 10 foundational truths that will help us form a rock-solid foundation in the faith. Number one, God is God alone, and there is no other. God is God alone, and there is no other. In Isaiah Chapter 45, verses 21 through 25. Go ahead and get there now. I'm getting there as well. All right. Isaiah 45, 21 says this. And going all the way down to 25. Declare and set forth your case. Indeed, let them consult together. Who has announced this from of old? Who has long since declared it? Is it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none except me. We're just going to stop there. We're going to stop there. There is no one. No one. There's not a righteous person. There's not another Savior except God and God alone. And the God who is the true God is the God whose Son is Jesus Christ. So that's number one. God is God alone and there's no other. Now we're going to jump to number two. Jesus is God and he was God in the flesh. Let's repeat that one more time. Jesus is God and he is God in the flesh. So you probably know where I'm going to go with this. Very, very foundational scripture. John 1.1 and also verse 14. John 1.1 We've heard this many times, many of us. Maybe this is the first time you ever heard of it. This is a rock-solid foundation to build truly everything upon. I mean, if we get really basic here, Jesus Christ is the foundation. I mean, if we got basic of the basic, Jesus Christ is the only foundation we, we ever need. But this is what I was taught 
when I first did Bible study, when I first was learning Bible, this is where we start at, John 1.1. 1, 1. Listen to this. Many of you know where I'm going with this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has came into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then now let's go down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So that's number two. Number three, and we have two pieces of scripture for this one. 1 Peter 2.22 and 2 Corinthians 5.21. These are very, very short pieces of scripture, but you have to understand something. Jesus is God in the flesh. That means he was born of a virgin Mary. He was not born out of human decision, but by the will of God. Now, you need to be really careful what I just said right there. Jesus is not a created being. Let me say that one more time. Jesus is not a created being. Many people will tell you that. Many people will say, even believe today, that he was born and created by God. No, no, no. Jesus is timeless. He is eternal. There is no time limit on him. There is no age upon him. He is ageless. That's why he's also called the Ancient of Days. So let's just clear that up right now. Because a lot of people will tell you that, and that is not the case. So 2 Corinthians 5.21, and this is number 3. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. So Jesus is sinless. That's number 3. Now let's go to 1 Peter 2.22. It says, Who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. While that's a very short scripture, it tells us very plainly that he committed no sin. Jesus is perfect, sinless, and holy. Let's now look at number four. This is my probably my personal favorite. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Turn with me to John, the 14th chapter, verse 6. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Very clear, very absolute that Jesus is saying right here that I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. You're not going to get to heaven outside of Christ. There's no other way. Grace through faith, that's the way we get there. Through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Now let's look at another powerful verse. We're going to be in Acts chapter 4, starting in the 12th verse. This is what it says. 
And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that is given among men by which we must be saved. I could point you in many different directions that prove this point. Number four, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. We're going to stop there, but those are two very foundational scriptures. And all these points are for our foundation because these truths cannot be altered in any way. One of these cannot be disregarded. So let's go ahead and recap one through four, because like I said earlier, we have 10 foundational truths. Number one, God is God alone and there's no other. Number two, Jesus is God in the flesh. Number three, Jesus is sinless. And lastly, this point right now, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Now let's go to point number five, the gospel. Many people have heard this word. And I will be very clear and blunt to you that many people don't know what this word means. They know it means good news, but that's as far as it goes. When you ask people what the gospel is, listen to their responses. And it's not to act like you're better than anybody else, but it's scary when people don't know what the actual gospel is. So scripture is very clear on what the gospel is. So right now I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verses 3 through 5. That says, For I delivered to you as of first importance, for what I received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. So, the gospel, in essence, and condensed down very simply, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, all these other things that I've spoken so far don't mean a thing if Jesus didn't die, he wasn't buried, and didn't rise from the dead. This would all be for nothing. We would still be in our sins, and we'd be still on the destination for hell. But praise God that he did rise from the dead. And uh, 6 and 7 here, the next few foundational scriptures here, or foundational truths, are very, very similar. So we're going to start with 6 and 7, and I'll combine them here, I guess. So 6 is saved by grace through faith. We are saved by grace through faith. And that is found in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is the gift of God, and what a precious gift that is. And number seven, we are justified by faith. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 5. Starting in the first verse, says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So we have we are justified by faith, and we have peace with God. And that is such a huge truth there, because the reality is that before Christ, we are objects of wrath. And the longer we delay and the longer we reject Christ, the more wrath is stored up against us. But praise God, when we do find him and we accept him, and we put our total trust and faith in him, all that wrath is gone. It's amazing. Number eight, all scripture is God-breathed. Bonus points to you if you know what scripture I'm going to use next, which you've used, you've heard me use it a lot. 2 Timothy 3.16. And we need to do a podcast on the 3.16s of the Bible. Maybe that'll be a future episode. So 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, and correction. For training in righteousness. The word inspired here in the Greek means God breathed. It means God breathed. From the very first book of Genesis all the way to Revelation, that every piece of scripture, every word, every comma, every period is breathed from God's breath to these pages. There was a recent study, about 10% of the population of the United States of America believes that the Bible is inerrant, or it has, in essence, means perfect, without flaw. We believe as... Christians, true Christians, that every word in this book is God-breathed. That is so foundational. Number nine, speaking of inerrancy, Scripture is inerrant. It is perfect. It is without flaw. Psalm 19, verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. So right there, that is telling us the law of the Lord that's also could be meant for his teaching, his direction, also known as his word, is perfect. Now let's look at Psalm 119, 160. The sum of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting. Let me repeat that first part. The sum of your word, all of it, is truth. And lastly, let's go to John 17, 17. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them in the truth. Ready for it? Your word is truth. This book is not a book. It's not a book. It is not just a book you pick up and you say, yep, I have it in my collection. I read occasionally, I have some cool stuff in there, and that's about it. These are the living, breathing, 
holy, perfect words of God. And the fact that you can pick one of these Bibles up at a store for $10 is beyond comprehension. If people understood that this book is exactly what I just said, there is no price tag. You couldn't even buy it. It'd be that valuable. And it is that valuable. These words are precious promises that are eternal. They're true. Because in Scripture it says, The world and its desires will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So what we have in our hands right now, and what we let get dusty on our shelves, is beyond anything we could ever comprehend. And it's eternal. And what's really cool is that when we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He gives us the Holy Spirit, and He reminds us of those things. His laws are written on our hearts and our minds. So that eternity is set upon us inwardly. Isn't that so cool? And number 10, Jesus is going to return. Jesus is going to return. Amen on that, right? 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. People, I don't want to run by the scripture very fast. But listen to this one more time. Listen to this. The Lord himself will descend. Not maybe, not possibly. He will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will be raised first. Listen to this part. Then we who are alive, I pray that's us, and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. I want to be with the Lord, don't you? I do. And I'm telling you right now, people, this is going to happen. Do I know the date or the time and place? Nope. I have no idea. But it is going to happen. The last part about 17 I want us to focus on more than anything else is that we shall always be with the Lord. This world has trials and tribulations, heartaches, deception, temptations. Only for a short while, people. Only for a short while. And then we will be with the Lord forever. Let's go ahead real fast and go over the 10 solid foundations to create the overall foundation of the faith. 
Number one, God is God alone and there is no other. Number two, Jesus is God and is God in the flesh. Number three, Jesus was sinless and is sinless. Number four, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Number five, the gospel. That Jesus died, was buried, and, and rose from the dead. Number six and seven, we are saved by grace through faith, and we are also justified by faith. Those kind of two we interconnected. Number eight, all scripture is God breathed. Number nine, scripture is inerrant or perfect. And number 10, Jesus is going to return. Now, a couple things we needed to finish off here. A couple thoughts I want to leave you with. In Luke, the sixth chapter in verse 48, which is our uh, secondary text here, as I'm getting back there, something when I read this piece of scripture really stuck out to me. Really, I mean, just it was almost magnified. In verse 48, it says, He is like a man building a house right here who dug deep. Over the summer, I built a deck along with my sons and my father and my brother, who were kind enough to help me. And let me tell you something. We could have easily, easily put that deck on the surface, and we have, would have at least saved half the time. But let's say there was a flash flood that came by, because we do live on a hill. That deck, no matter how many boards, no matter how thick the wood would be, it would wash it away like a little toy. Because what? It had no foundation. It had no foundation. Now, what I will tell you what we did is we dug deep in the ground. We got all the way to the clay, people. I never dug so deep before. And not only that, we had to put pillars of concrete 12 inch wide by two foot deep worth of concrete and i'll have to say something here people that took a long time and much effort you had to dig deep and when i step on that deck now guess what happens it doesn't even move why because we dug deep. And many Christians today, they don't dig deep and put their foundation on the rock. And guess who's also called the rock? Jesus Christ. So in verse 25 of Matthew chapter 7, when it says, The rain fell and the floods came, the winds blew and slammed against that house. What is that talking about? That is talking about trials tribulations, hardships, and even taking that step farther, divine judgment. These times will come in our life. In order for us not to be shaken, in order for the house to stand, it needs to be on the rock. And who is the rock again? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the rock. Because if we're not in him, and our trust and faith is not fully upon him, 
We are like the house that is built on the sand, according to Matthew, and in, according to Luke, there is no foundation. So there's sand and, and no foundation. Both will be swept away, and that's what's going to happen. So in order to dig deep, I'm going to give you three last points here. Number one, it takes time. It takes time. You have to spend time in the Word of God. You need to spend time with people who will disciple you, will teach you, will guide you on what the Bible really says, not what our emotions want it to say. And the best way to do that is found in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So Romans 10, 17. I don't, I don't want to quote it off the top of my head here, so I'm going to get there for you so you can so you know it. So Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The way to increase your faith is being in the word. And the word of Christ means scripture, his teachings, what he says. And he is God. So, it, And we all know that scripture is God. So this whole book is the words of Christ. Number two, it takes effort. It takes effort. I know what we're saved by grace through faith. Not of ourselves, right? But we have to remain. In Colossians 1.23, and Colossians is one of my favorite books. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, this is what it says. If indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was... Proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. The key word there in verse 23 is if. If we as Christians persevere, we abide, we remain in Christ, we continue in the faith, firmly and established, not moved away. And you know, if you know anything about houses built on, along the coast where hurricanes hit, they are built to withstand the most severest of storms. You can't build on a beach in Florida a house with no foundation. It'll be swept away, right? So it takes effort. And lastly, number three, apart from Christ, we can do absolutely nothing. We can do nothing. And that's found in John 15. When talking about he is the vine and we are the branches. And I tell people this all the time when they're looking for peace, or they're looking for patience, they're looking, they're just looking and searching. And it's usually the people that are proclaiming to be Christians. If you cut yourself off the vine, you will wither and die. You'll lose your hope. You'll lose your faith. You'll lose all those things because you're cutting off the supply from the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit give us? The fruits of the Spirit. We cut ourselves off from that. And we wonder why we have so much, so many problems and so little faith and so little trust. So John 15, this is what it says. In verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides, or in some translations say remains, 
He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We can't do anything outside of Christ. He is our life. That's why I love what Galatians 2.20 says. For I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live not I, but Christ lives in me. So to summarize everything, to wrap this up, I need to ask you a question. Which foundation do you have that your life is built upon? If it is built upon anything of the world or of your own self, that is equivalent to the sand or the no foundation. But if it is built upon Christ, the rock, it is unshakable and eternal. And you will withstand the great distresses of the storms, the most severe trial you can ever go through. You will withstand it, not on your own strength, but the strength that is provided by the Holy Spirit through the promise of the Word of God. And He will stand with us and give us that strength, even when we feel like failing and fainting. I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And until next time, God bless you, my friends.